Okay, three, two, one. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today's Wednesday, March 25th. And uh, today's episode is a long-form interview with a guy I am a massive, massive fan of. Today we are interviewing Sam Fisher from Throw to Win. He is the godfather of Instagram quarterback videos. In my opinion, he is the best. He's the gold standard for not only making quarterback content, but coaching young quarterbacks um, and helping them develop their skills. He's phenomenal. He's a great dude. Our conversation was so much fun. I learned about him. I learned about his perspectives. And uh, I really recommend, if you haven't followed the account Throw to Win on Instagram, he's phenomenal. He does a great job. Our conversation was so much fun. We just finished it. And uh, I encourage you, if you haven't heard of him, look up Throw to Win on Instagram. He does a great job. And uh, I don't have a lot more else to say. I just want to say I had a lovely conversation with the guy. He's a great dude. I'm a massive fan. And so please enjoy my conversation with Sam Fisher from Throw to Win. Hello? Hello, how are you? This is Zach. What's up, Zach? I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? Dude, I'm doing phenomenal. I mean, other than, of course, the... The global pandemic going on. I'm doing pretty well. Um, I, I want to say before we get into everything, there's a whole lot of stuff I want to talk about with you today. Um, but I do want to say I'm just a huge fan of you. It's so cool to hear your voice and have you on the show. Um, a lot of guys try to do what you do on Instagram, and you are the best at what you do, I believe, as a coach, as a guy who wow. shares content. And um, I, I really am. It's really an honor. I really love what you do. And I love quarterbacks, and so I can't wait to sit down, you know, really to talk to you and pick your brain a little bit. Wow. Thank you, man. That makes that means a lot, and especially that you are, you know, a former quarterback, and and you actually know what you're looking at. So uh, anytime I have a peer or a former quarterback say something like that, it, it always means a lot to me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Um, can we? You know, you work in social media, and I want to talk about quarterbacks in a minute, but I want to start here because I think if I'm a high school quarterback or a college quarterback or a guy who wants to play quarterback someday, this might be the thing they need to hear the most, which is you work on social media. And I know you see a lot of quarterbacks social media, but and I know so I look at some quarterbacks and I go, "Ooh, I don't know if I would say that or share that." Can you talk about what you think a quarterback should share that's helpful to their social media, and then maybe even tell stories about things you've seen that are not helpful? Yeah, well, I mean that's that's kind of a a, a level deep question because <laughs> there's th- there's things you can share that may be something out of the box that guys are working on right now mm-hmm. that may be considered wrong or you know as far as like what the norm is could be off but sometimes those things that get shared end up becoming um transitional norms and they have actually end up applying to the evolution of the quarterback game Mm. um there's some things that i don't agree with that every quarterback coach has their own opinion with their own philosophy yeah i think that that's that's all you know it's all subjective on where you are what you're teaching who you like where your background comes from. Um, what I preach, man, more than anything, is just how quickly can we get the ball out of our hand? And that, to me, is the most important thing when it mm. comes to mechanics. Um, just just strictly mechanics. Not anything else. Not reading the field. I'm talking about how quickly can the ball get out of our hand. Just like if we were a boxer, how quickly can we throw a combination? Mm. Or if we're a basketball guy, how quickly can we shoot a jump shot? I mean, the purpose of, of being a thrower is getting the ball out quick and making sure we're hitting what we're hitting. 
And so that's really what I try to share. And if you're sharing that and you're trying to focus on that, I think no matter what your mechanical philosophy is, that should be the sole purpose. Not like it shouldn't be a, um, a beauty contest. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be based on how, how necessarily smooth you are. If the ball's coming out quick and you're smooth on top of that and you look good, that's amazing. But I feel like we get caught up in today. So like we want to all look at like a certain way and throw the ball a certain way. And it's like, okay, but how are you actually, how's the ball coming out of your hand? Is it coming out quick? Are you, are you efficient or are we just trying to look good? And if you can be efficient and look good at the same time, that's the goal that I'm always trying to hit. Do you think people overthink their mechanics often when they're younger? Absolutely. And I think people overcoach mechanics all the time Mm. and it's, it's an epidemic. I think that yeah. people that are, especially coaches that have like a, uh, you know, for the most part, the, these pedigrees where they come back and they try to just break down every, yeah. every inch of a throw. It's just not necessary. I, I don't think so. Anyways, I think there's a few focal points that you should try to hit. Other than that, get out of your own brain because you could get so detailed. You'll lose your freaking smoothness. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, as long as the ball gets there in the right spot on the right time, you know, I want to ask something of you, uh, you know, I hear, you hear a lot of guys talk about the back end, all this other nonsense. The thing I always teach other quarterbacks, and I learned it from Trent Dilfer in the Elite 11 process, is that the separation, you see Drew Brees do it, you see a lot of, you see Russell Wilson do it, is the initial separation is the most important part, uh, where you throw the elbow back. And then after that, it's a lot of it's just, the you know, the, the follow-through is a lot of you and how you, it works for you. But the initial separation for me was the most important part for throwing a ball. Is that something you teach? Yeah, that backstroke's huge, but you know I'm I'm getting to a point where if you don't necessarily get to like a flat out or I mm. call it pulling the water out, um, yeah, and your and your elbow can drive through the zone and it you know above your shoulder, then I'm I'm all for that approach. Yeah. It's, uh you know Tom Brady doesn't throw the way I throw, but he's extremely accurate and he's <laughs> extremely powerful. Yeah. Um, and you know my my natural throw is to get that flat L separation. That's how I throw the ball. I feel like that's how our arm is like form to like create that motion. Yeah. Um, but there's, but there's a lot of guys that I see out here that aren't that way. And I, if the ball's coming out quick, I won't mess with it. And that's, that's really what I try to like. I I try to have those boundaries. Obviously there's things that I teach that I I tell you why getting to this point is important and what we're trying to create small circles and, and creating a whip like motion. Um, but if you can, if you can generate power through your upper body with the motion you have, and it's not, you know, textbook the way I like it. I don't care as long as you're getting the job done. I, I really, really love that. I really, I mean, you, you just said that you've said it before. I'll say it too, is that the, the overcoaching when guys say you have to do it this exact way. I mean, a lot of, you saw Jeff Tedford quarterbacks uh, when we were, when I was younger, at least everyone had that, every quarterback that played for Jeff Tedford looked exactly the same. And I don't know that that's exactly right. I, I think you're, you're hitting it right on the nail, the head right on uh, the nail right on the head, which is, I don't think everybody needs to look exactly the same as long as the ball gets to the right spot. And that's what you coach, and I, I really love that. I appreciate it. And, and if Jeff could go back now, Coach Tedford go back now, I don't think he'd put the ball on the ear of everybody. <laughs> you know, that was, a, yeah. that was an approach back. That's the 90s, 18, yeah. I mean, 1980s, 1990s, early 2000s. The QB evolution has gone so far. The ball carriage has dropped. Yeah. Uh, the hands, the hands have gotten a little bit more loose. I mean, just the the mold that we've always thought it should look like. Like it's funny you look at quarterbacks back in the day that are like in their, uh, their hall of famers, but you watch them throw in the nineties and eighties. They all look so stiff. Yeah. And oh, yeah. it wasn't. They're they're all amazing. They're all accurate. I mean, but they just that's how that's how you were taught. And 
like all things, uh, there's progressions and yeah. there's still a lot of mechanical things that those guys do that I love. But as far as like allowing, allowing the fluidity to come through and replace the, you have to do it this way. I think that's important too. And that's what I'm seeing, uh, happen quite like quickly in the QB games, like trying to be an athlete, but be accurate with the ball. That to me, you know, Aaron Rodgers was the first guy I can think of where I remember looking at him and go, wow, he looks so fluid. He's not robotic at all. And he could throw from any platform, any, any angle. He just seemed like it didn't really matter what his body looked like. The ball got to the right spot no matter what. Is that, who, who was the first guy for you that you went, oh, wow, things are changing? Rod, Rodgers is the first guy. Rodgers yeah. is the first guy. Then you, then you got Rodgers point, point two zero, which is Pat Mahomes. And hmm. you got um, – well, Rodgers is the first guy that I think was – obviously, you know, special just as a thrower, but, you know, he he was a Ted, Tedford guy. He came out of the draft with his that, that year mm-hmm. w- way high. But the best thing that Ted, that uh, Rodgers ever got to do was watch the most gangster gunslinger of all time do his thing for three or four years. Yeah. And yeah. he got to pull things from Favre and said, and he's so, Aaron's so smart that he's like, I'm going to take what he does there. I'm not going to do that because that's crazy. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do this. And he has this Favre-esque, you know, gunslinger, but with this, like, polished, meticulous accuracy. And it's just become this perfect storm where he has been able to, you know, collaborate what he's seen from Favre and what he's put into his own motion. And now he's changed the game as far as what people can do with the arm. You know, we see so many quarterbacks go into the NFL and play immediately. And I don't always think that's a good thing. Um, does it? Do you ever think about that? I mean, like I watched Dwayne Haskins last year going to play for the Redskins. I believe week four, way too early. He did. He looked totally unprepared. Um, do you think there's a lack of patience with the quarterback position, at least at the professional level? Yeah, and you know, it's not. It's not necessarily their fault. It's just the money. Everyone, mm. you're paying these guys so much that they, you have two years max now. If you can't yeah. get it done in two years, you become a backup or you're traded or it's become so, um, like you have to show results now. And back in the day was you sat, even if you're a first part round mm-hmm. you sat the first two or three years. And there's something to say to that. I've seen guys work at where it's been successful their first year. I've seen guys do awesome their first year, then lay dead their sophomore year. It's, it's, um, I think a lot of it has to do with the system. I yeah. think a lot of it has to do with, you know, our coaches are allowing you to use your strengths and not try to implement a system into you. Are you allowed to be, um, capable of doing what you do well and a coach's egos out of the way where they can apply that to your game. That's huge. I think that's what Harbaugh does so well for the Ravens. Uh, I think Goff, uh, I think um, uh, what they're doing over at, in the you know, Rams organization with Goff is huge. They're letting him play to his, his strengths. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, they're not trying to ask him to do too much. I think it's all system, man. So you got to be you got to be ready these days, but you also got to get lucky to be in a system where a coach is allowing you to pull strengths and from what you do already well and not try to put you into a, 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 a hole or, or a corner where you have to do it exactly that way. That's what's interesting. You, know, uh, you, you mentioned how years ago the norm was our quarterback will sit, and now the norm is more our quarterback will play, and the pendulum, I think, swung too far. But r- the reality is there's no right or wrong. I think you have to treat every quarterback as a, a case-by-case basis where each guy's unique. They're their own situation. Uh, that's how you seem to coach quarterbacks. I think that's how quarterbacks should be coached at every level. Like you hear the, 
uh, people talking about Tom Brady fitting into the Buccaneer system and people are like, oh, I don't know that Tom Brady's going to work. It's like, what do you mean? They're going to adapt things to work for him. They're not going to try to make him do the same things that Jameis Winston did. That doesn't make any sense. Right, right. I mean, it's going to be a beautiful collab where Brady's going to tell Arians, Arians is going to say, listen, this is what I did with you know, McDaniels for years, I, uh, and this is what I know works. I mean, they're gonna, he's going to be a quarterback slash OC. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's just the way it's going to be. It's not he's not going to say that, and he's not going to act like that is. But they're going to put things in the system, and they're going to have a conversation with Tom and say, Tom, what do you love that you want to keep throwing? And guarantee you're going to see a lot of crossing under routes to short white receivers after the Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, so who are the guys? And then you're going to go yeah. deep over the top with Mike Evans. I mean, they got a good. Oh, they got a good combo. Oh, like Tom's really never had outside of Moss, like power go down the field type of guys so this is going to be it's going to be interesting to see him launch the ball downfield but i guarantee it he's going to find those little slot receivers going under routes and and attacking man coverage and and that's what he's made his bread and butter on well he was the first guy i can think of that really realized oh my gosh i can steal five yards underneath every single play and make a living and be very successful doing it yep and then he was so accurate with throwing like those back shoulder like Mm -hmm. seams to gronk and like Brady's arm and, and accuracy is so like his accuracy has not been underrated, but his arm strength has been under like the, that, mm. the dude can throw that yeah. hard ball when he has to. Yeah. You know what I love about Brady is um, he's one of those guys who he controls what he can control. He's not the fastest, he's not the strongest, and he doesn't try to be. He's like, what are the things I can be really great at? And he works on those and tweaks those. And he's he, you'll never see him working on speed. It's not a thing that makes any sense for him to work on. But he's like, what, what I can do is work on moving in the pocket, having quickness at stepping to the right, stepping to the left. That's what I think quarterbacks should do a little bit more of is figure out what you can be great at and then work on those rather than, like, for example, I was never going to be a 6'5 quarterback running a 4'4, but I knew, hey, I can make great decisions, be highly accurate, control everything I can control. That's what I really love and respect about Tom Brady. He's, um, he's the GOAT, man. The guy's going to be... <laughs> We're never, we're never going to see, we're never no. going to see this type of run ever. You know, whether he, whether he goes zero and thirteen next or sixteen, whatever, whether he goes to the Super Bowl or not, like the guy is once in a generation. He's a Michael Jordan, and you better enjoy this last year or two because you're not going to see, you're just not going to see guys like him come through. And it, and he's not going to be the dude that, like, you know, that, that ran past everybody. He's not explosive. He just was so consistent. And like you said, he knew his lane, he attacked his lane, and he was so diligent with his film work and his discipline. And he, he went into every season like he had something to prove. He's just a warrior, man. It's that mama mentality that it was just never – just people that are obsessed with greatness are just cut from a different cloth. They sing differently. They usually are, you know, outcasts. You know, he. I think he's done a pretty good job of handling his social, uh, you know, his company well, and he seems to be a good person. But like guys like that are usually um, just a little different. I think Rogers yeah. is known to be a little eccentric. When you're almost like a G, at a genius uh, level, where you just are on different platforms and different levels from other like the normal people, and and you just don't see those guys come around too often. Like Kobe, Kobe was the same way. Like if you're going to go into basketball. Like, Guys that are so obsessed um, are just are just kind of weirdos by nature. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, I think he's one of those guys that's obsessed with work. I mean, that's what's, like, people are like, hey, you want to go out? He's like, no, I'm watching film again tonight for the seventh night in a row instead of going out. But I will say, like you mentioned, 
uh, the first thing he did when he got to Tampa Bay was call. You know, he got what are my teammates' phone numbers like? So I think for him, my 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 guess is it's all speculation, but my guess is he's more of an introvert who loves to work, but he is doing the work of like let me call my teammates. For him, it's probably not as natural to do that to reach out to guys, but he certainly does understand. Hey, I got to do this to create a community, not just be the guy who works and no one really talks to. I mean, who does that at forty-two? That who, who no one needs to do that. That's, no, that's being raised raised the right way as a as a as a young man, and then being around coaches, and he just saw classiness, and he and he he knew that's what he wanted to do, and he has every choice to be a diva, and he could, and no one would freaking call him out for that. But the guy, the guy mixes it up with everybody, and and that's why you just you're not going to see another guy like this mm. for a long, long time. Yeah. Do you see guys like do you, when you coach quarterbacks? Is that something you talk about? Is leadership and how to collaborate with other people? Oh my gosh! I I chewed out one of my favorite quarterbacks that I coached last night on the phone because he was giving me one word answers, and I just blew a gasket because I was so so mm-hmm. sick of him. Um, he's so gifted, but then when it comes to communication and leadership, it's like it, it you know it, it's just lopsided. So it's everything, man. It's being a quarterback is not being a guy that throws a ball well. You mm-hmm. you are a quarterback even if football season is not going on. Yeah, you're just a quarterback. If you're a quarterback, that means that you do life differently and you try yeah. to do things uh, at a level that are uh, a little more elevated. And that's that comes with the position, man. That comes with because everybody is staring at you, even if it's not football season. They want to know how you carry yourself because there's so much responsibility that lies on your shoulders and. Uh, being being able to communicate, being able to be humble, but also be confident with some swag, understanding that confidence is a great thing as long as you're not a jerk about it. Um, it. It takes time to build that, but some guys have it naturally, and other guys need to really work on developing it. But it is a skill you can work on. I mean, I remember, like, I, I'm an introvert. I love to work, and I had to learn, like, no, I can't. I can't just be quiet. I have to speak up. I have to be vocal. I have to share and be kind of gregarious and talk to people around me. Um, and that was when I went to college, that was a big thing that helped me. I voted a captain because I was getting people's phone numbers, talking to them, trying to meet everybody I could and connect with everybody and be more than just a guy throwing the ball. I love that you said that. That's so huge, man. Yeah. And, and you don't have to be the, you know, you don't got to be the mayor, mm. but when you talk, people got to listen. And yeah. when you walk, people got to follow. And however you get that done, um, you, you've, it's got to happen. Bottom line, if you want to be successful, there's got to be something in your character that people are going to follow you. And if you can talk and walk and do it all together, that's amazing. But if you are a little bit more, you know, Marcus Mariota, where you're more like a leader just by work. And, and, you know, when you do say things, it's profound, but you're not the guy that's always chattering. That's fine too. But as long as that you are, um, you've built that respect, it's, it's gotta be, uh, it's gotta be there or else you're only going to go so far. That's what's interesting. I was watching a lot of stuff about Kyler Murray yesterday, and he's known as a quiet guy around the league, but the Cardinals love him. I mean, hearing his teammates talk about him, they're like, this guy has been a star since he was four years old. And they're like, dude, you're going to have a great game. And he goes, yeah, I know. No, not, he's not cocky. He just believes in himself. And that kind of, I think, like works like an echo or a wave through their franchise. They go, oh, yeah, we believe in this guy, too, because he believes in himself so much. He doesn't need to be the loudest guy, but he's the most steady, the most, he's got a lot of presence, even if he's not always constantly chattering yeah yeah there's something that he's doing 
that is exuding confidence and players around him. It's contagious, and yeah. it's not always a it's not always a vocal thing. I think you've got to talk, like you said. It's yeah, got to oh, be yeah. Part he does your, talk. Your but it's got to. But there's something when you walk in the door, man. There's got to be something that it comes from you, and people know there's some there's some shine going on, and yeah. um, that comes from a lot of different man. That can come from just being confident because you had a good family. That could be confident because you feel like you're smarter than everybody else. That could be because you work harder than everybody else. But there's got to be something that you've done that breeds, that comes confidence like exuding from you. And people recognize that immediately when you walk through the door. You know, I used to work on the sidelines at Washington State University. So I got to see uh, Luke Falk go through there. I got to watch Gardner Minshew go through there. And the contrast between Gardner Minshew and Luke Falk was oh I mean I, I watched Luke Falk he was literally the guy no offense to him but he was the guy who hides in the corner with a sweatshirt over like a, a hoodie over his head kind of hiding like he's literally just a wallflower guy who had very little presence in the locker room and Gardner Minshew came through that building every he just turned everyone's head without saying a word he could dominate the presence of a room I was like wow this guy has so much more charisma even without saying a word then he would open his mouth and you're like wow this dude like I, I call him a guy who he rallies the troops. He really elevates the people around him with encouragement, with vocal stuff. But it's not even that. It's literally like the way he stands in a room has eyeballs on him and people trusting him and believing in him because of his confidence in himself. Oh man, it's uh, it's contagious, and you love you love following guys like that. You may not even mm. some sometimes you got to deal with like your own ego and be like, why is he? Why does that have? more shine why does he shine it more than me but at the end of the day you want to have guys that are that way because you want to be that way and uh, you know a man a man that really wants to you know be the best version of themselves want to be around greater men as far as leadership and it's sometimes it's like pulling teeth but when you really realize how important it is to be around guys that have it dialed in um that's the only way you're going to grow man and it's, uh, you know, I saw this thing with uh, Russell Wilson where he had was mic'd up and he was down by like two or three touchdowns. And the dude never stopped talking. Like, no. and everything he said was, it was just, let's go, guys. We got this, guys. Let's go. And it's like, you, you could look at that and be like, dude, that's shut up. We get it. But he was so in tune with his, like, his leadership role. He was so in tune with his players. He, you could tell that there was a brotherhood. And guys like that, that not only, you know, talk it, but walk it, like, uh, give me that all day long, man. Like, yeah. as long as I know that you're genuine and you're actually, you know, it's coming from a place of passion and you want to win, then let's roll. And, and, and that's important, too. you got to make sure that it comes from a real place. People will sniff out that BS if you're just trying to win a job and, and you think being vocal is going to help you. It's like, no, nah, they'll, they'll know. They'll know who you are. They'll know if you really have that passion to motivate. And uh, if you don't, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, be a stinky egg. You're going to smell it. A mile away. Yeah. You know, I did a broadcast last year, uh, Washington State versus Utah in Salt Lake City. I was in the booth for the game, and uh, you, Washington State got down by two touchdowns, and their quarterback, Anthony Gordon, suddenly was alone on the sideline, quiet, not encouraging anybody, totally alone and sullen on his own, and I just was so unimpressed. I really hope other quarterbacks can hear what I'm saying and not do that. If your team is down... Don't be the guy who's quiet and alone by himself. Be the guy who's chirping, encouraging. Like I just think there's you have to be that guy, like we said with Russell Wilson. But this is the second part that's really important. My dad told me this growing up. He said, who you are leaks out. If you're an arrogant whatever, 
It's going to come out of you. People are going to really sense without you saying a word. If you're arrogant, people can tell if you're insecure, people can tell. But if you're confident and you really have a security about who you are, that also can leak out of you. If people are worried about, you know, being confident and having it come across as arrogance, if you're not arrogant, it won't come. It'll come out as confidence, not arrogance. But who you are deep in the inside in your heart, whether you like it or not, is going to leak out. And that's why I think it's so important. I think one thing people never talk about with quarterbacks is you got to figure out who you are a little bit. It really helps. If you know who you are, it helps other people understand who you are too. Oh man. Preach baby. Preach. It's uh, it's big, <laughs> man. And, and it's, and there's times, there's times to get in the zone. If you've got to be, if you've got to be it, like you threw, you, you just made a dumb decision. You read the defense yeah. wrong. You forced something, um, you know, to collect yourself, sit down, maybe take a moment. But if you are in isolation um, for a quarter or a half or whatever, and you're a quarterback, uh, that ain't gonna fly. That yeah. just that that won't work. You know, there's there's times to re, you know collect, you know, kind of meditate on what happened, and then mm-hmm. it's back to you know tur- turn the page, turn the page. It's over. It's in the past, and let's get back to work. And that's what I love about Wilson is that he can be. I was at the 49er game uh, last last year, the Monday night game where, um, oh. and it was like, and I'm a diehard Niner fan, and yeah. I knew Russell didn't have a good game, but mm. we gave him the ball too many times, and I knew by the last time we, we we didn't close it out in overtime. I knew I was like, this is a done deal. Like he's gonna, I called it. I was like, he's gonna scramble for about 20 yards downfield. <laughs> he's gonna slide before he gets hit. He's going to throw one more like short route or run the ball to get in the right field position for a field goal, and they're going to close it out. And that's exactly what he did, like to a T. And the point of that story is that he doesn't need to have a clean game to win games. No, he's got to be he's got to be prepared mentally to make it happen when it counts. And that's been his story. Like the dude can throw four picks in a game and still win games because he jumps back on the, tri- the he gets on the horse and he keeps keeps grooving and and. There's so many guys that, you know, and I dealt with this as a kid growing up, like playing baseball. If I struck out, yes. um, it, Thank it you. was hard for me. It was hard for me to turn the page. I mm. dwelt on, I, I just would dwell on it playing shortstop. That's all I think about. And mm. I remember my dad yelling at me from the crowd because he, he knew my body <laughs> language so well. Yeah. Hey, hey, it's over. Turn the page. And it used to drive me crazy because he knew exactly what I was thinking. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's such a huge that that's the difference at that level when professional football yeah. it's it's not what everybody's got the arm everybody's got the talent it's who can handle it between the ears and uh Russell Wilson's one of the best I've seen I, I consider him uh Brady-esque if it really if someone's gonna tell me who do you want moving down the field to win a uh, a game winner it would be I'd be hard-pressed to not put Wilson in front of Brady just because I've seen him do it so many times, mm-hmm. and, and he's, he's just, yeah. and he's such a magician. Yeah, he's got the ability to escape pressure, which is, I think that's how the quarterback position has really evolved and changed in the last, even even four years. We're now seeing every quarterback comes in a league, even Drew Locke, a guy who I, I did a film study of Drew Locke in college, and he wasn't really a guy who extended a lot of plays. In the NFL, he jumped into the league, and suddenly you're like, wow, he's keeping his plays alive, his eyes are downfield. I, the quarterback position has really evolved in the last four years. Is that something you coach at all with um, working with guys at keeping plays alive and understanding that your eyes can't go down? You have to keep them up. Yeah, dude. I mean, 
like you said earlier, like we all have a skill set and we can't do things that just aren't in our DNA. Like I can't turn a dual threat guy, a guy that's not a dual threat guy into a dual threat guy. Yeah. But what we can do is, you know, make things really uncomfortable where you've got to get decent at being good on with your legs. And, yeah. you know, what I love about Russell Wilson, just going back to him, is that he's, he is the most legit dual threat quarterback I've ever seen because he doesn't get hit. Mm-hmm. The guy has yep. been running, he's using his legs to win games for over a decade, and he's still very healthy. And that's what makes me nervous about guys like, you know, the, the RG3s and even the Lamar, Lamar Jackson, like Cam Newton, like those guys are so talented, but they yeah. haven't learned not to take hits because their game is more slash and bash and, and, and like they're so incredible, but those are going to be opportunities to get smashed on. And what, what, what Russell Wilson has done which is incredible is that he will run around in circles until there's someone open and no one will ever hit him. Yeah. And it's that, that's the difference. That's why I consider him the greatest dual threat quarterback I've ever seen. He's not going to have the most yards like Vic or Lamar Jackson or cam, but his longevity and what he's been able to do with his legs without getting injured uh, is the most insane thing I've ever seen as a quarterback. Well, I think it's the sad reality. We've seen three quarterbacks in the last couple of years that, are guys who are quarterbacks, they're running quarterbacks, they're not necessarily running, quarterbacks who run. So the unfortunate reality of Cam Newton's career is it might be over. I mean, I, I, literally at 31 years old, he might be done. And the difference between him and Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson is a quarterback who can run the ball. Russell Wilson's a quarterback who can run, but he runs to extend plays and throw the ball. He doesn't run for yardage. He runs to keep plays alive. Like you're saying, it's a huge difference. He never He's a good, a great at sliding, but it's his intention of running around isn't to run for yardage, it's so we can throw the ball. That's a huge... Uh, Lamar Jackson does run to throw sometimes, but regularly when he's running, he's running for yardage, he's running downfield. That's not Russell Wilson's game, um, and that's, I think, way more sustainable. Guys who do that... Even, Kyler Murray is a, sim- a similar quarterback, actually, who I think runs to keep plays alive rather than running to run for yardage, and that's a massive difference. And we'll see if Lamar Jackson works. My fear, I love Lamar. One of my favorite moments of the year last year was when he said, not bad for a running back. Like, I, I love the guy. But my fear is, could he peter out down the road the same way we've seen RG3 and Cam Newton do? Is it sustainable? It's like a science experiment. I will find out. I hope it is. Um, but I am concerned about that moving forward. They're, they're, they're going to have to change. It doesn't. Every, yeah. Everybody has a shelf life. And um, Kyler Murray, for sure, because of his size, you just can't keep getting hits. Yeah from NFL linebackers and or safeties. They're just all monsters. So um, you got to be able to throw. You run the throw, but use your leg. Just be smart. I mean, Russell's a great example because the guy will still take off for 30 yards right down yeah. the middle. Oh, yeah. A, ta- a Tampa 2, and he'll take it, and he'll slide five feet before he gets – I mean, he's just so good. How does the play timing. end? Right? Look, Josh Allen in Buffalo – gets nailed. He takes way too He's big enough to take a lot of the hits, but he just gets obliterated sometimes. Like, dude, Josh Allen, please, for the love of God, slide. Get out of bounds. Don't Learn take that slide, hit. Dude. Yeah, it, and it's not yeah. that complicated. It's really not. And if Cam wasn't so big, I mean, he's such a freak. He probably, it, the reason he's lasted as long as he has is strictly because he's, he's enormous, but yeah. he's taken way too many hits. Oh, way yeah. too and I know that his staff has said that, and he knows that. But when you're six five, two fifty, it's hard not to take hits. But it's like it's already it's played a toll on him. 
Yeah, that's what I hated about, you know, when Michael Vick was in the NFL, you heard a lot of guys saying, he shouldn't be running. It's like, well, if you, let me ask you, if you were, if you ran a 4-4, would you not want to run? Like, you can't turn that off, especially if your whole life, if you have the ability to do something and you know it's special, you shouldn't tell someone to not do it. Just teach them how to cultivate it in a way that won't get them injured. Does that make sense? Of course. It's it's what you drafted him for. He's he's going to do amazing things, and yeah. but he's got to learn that he's not invincible. And, and Vic, I mean, if Vic didn't get in trouble with his dogs, he would have been, I mean, his stats would have been through the roof because I felt like he did a pretty good job of not taking all the hits he didn't need to. He still took some, but he was pretty elusive at getting yeah. out. Um, Lamar makes me nervous because I think he's just so – he's got so much confidence in his speed that I, I don't think he feels he can get touched, yeah. but it's gonna, you know, he's gotta, these guys all learn, man. They, they'll, they'll see what pros do and what they've been doing for years. And I, I love Lamar Jackson too. I hope he has a 15 year career and he breaks every record and that he stays healthy. You know, a buddy of mine coached at Texas A&M and he, they played against Lamar Jackson. And he said, the one thing that you just don't get on television when you watch Lamar is how quickly he can accelerate. I mean, it, when you see him in person, He's here one moment, and the next moment he's 40 yards away, and you're like, how did that happen? He just accelerates so quickly. And I want to say, with Lamar, I don't. You know, we've talked about how maybe it will peter out, maybe it won't. But here's a, an alternate reality, a possibility for Lamar Jackson, is maybe his ability to run works for now, and it buys him time to keep developing as a quarterback so that in five years from now, he's winning with his arm far more frequently than, and not having to use his legs as often, the same way Tom Brady or Peyton Manning did in their careers. Yeah. No, he's um, he's incredible, dude. He's so fast, and it's I can see it. I, I mean, you know, when you're looking at speed, everybody's fast, yeah. but when he takes off, there is no get up. It's there mm-hmm. and gone, and yeah. it's like that looks a little different. That looks a little different. The only guy that reminds me of that was Vic, and where it was just like you you took one step lateral, and he just got shot out of the cannon, and everything just went to hyperspeed, and it's so cool to watch because. You just don't see speed like that every day, and you know you when you when you see greatness like that, you just you want to enjoy it as long as you possibly can. Yeah, you know the way I would put it. I'm a total nerd. I love. I've gotten really into Formula One racing as we've been quarantined, and I, I just started watching a Netflix documentary and got way into it. And with normal cars, it takes time for them to accelerate. An F1 car literally is just gone. It's just an endless amount of speed that just hits instantly, and that's exactly what Lamar Jackson is as an ability to run. He's just gone in a heartbeat. It's a great. You know what also reminds me of? Because I've been quarantined too. I've been watching Wicked Tuna. <laughs> he reminds me. He reminds me of the way a tuna fish roll. Like there's, they're just one muscle and they're shaped like a bullet mm-hmm. and they fly. And there's, there's no. All they do is just torque their torso, their, their dorsal fin, and they're, they're gone. Yeah. And it's like, man, those are incredible. And they're thousand pound fish. Like you don't realize how big oh, a tuna fish is yeah. out in there, Massachusetts. These, these kids get to thousand pounds. And they are flying like missiles. They're, they're incredible fish. You know, I want to I want to go back to something. I want to talk about the Super Bowl because in the Super Bowl, you talked about how guys can have a, a bad game and still win. Patrick Mahomes had a really, really ugly game for the first half of that game, but he hung in there, he kept swinging, and he won. And you talked about playing baseball. It's funny, I was literally going to ask, I was, like, was say, hey, did you play baseball, Sam? Because as a batter in baseball, you strike out. You might have a game where you strike out four times in a row, and you got to just keep swinging. I heard Derek Jeter talk about that one time, where he said, "My job is not to worry about what you're saying about me. My job is to worry about hitting the baseball every time I go to bat." Um, 
And as a quarterback, you have to have resiliency. You have to be willing to know that even the best quarterbacks, a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who's unbelievable, can have a game like the Super Bowl where it's really ugly for three quarters and he hangs in there, he keeps fighting, he keeps staying around, he keeps swinging, and then he puts it together at the end and wins the game. And that's the message I want younger quarterbacks to hear is you might struggle, you might have moments where it's ugly, but keep fighting, and if you do that, you might still succeed in the end. It was uh, that third and 15, man. I still have nightmares about it. <laughs> that's what that's what changed everything. We were, my team, man, we were eight minutes away from winning a Super mm. Bowl. We haven't won one in 25 years. And it was that third and 15, I think, uh, I think it was to uh, Hill. And I think Sherman actually blew, blew the cover. I don't know who blew. I got to look back. It might have been Sherman. But wide open. And you felt the momentum change. And that's all Pat needed. Yeah, that's all that team needed. That mm-hmm. team was notoriously known this year for being down and then taking care of business when they had to. And I knew when that happened, you felt it. Even as a, in your living room, you're like, "This isn't good." And the mojo just went from one side to the other, and the Chiefs never looked back. And a lot of it has to do with Mahomes and what his, you know, like we talked about, what what his shine is, his confidence in himself. He he is a gunslinger, but he also is a absolute like leader of leaders. Like he's just an awesome person, man. And and mm. the the guy is going to have. I think that's the guy that I think is going to be the next generational guy that you're not going to see a lot. Yeah. Um, the guy that I think is in the same level that's not quite there yet could be Deshaun Watson. Yes, thank you. Oh my God! So I did a video the other day, literally saying that the best young quarterbacks in the NFL are obviously Patrick Mahomes. And right behind him is Deshaun Watson, and no one's talking about him. It's crazy to me. What do you like about Deshaun? Uh, Deshaun reminds me of Wilson. He's mm-hmm. got this. Um, yep. He's got this ability to make people miss. Um, he's strong as hell for like he doesn't look that strong. The guy is broken so many tackles like a boss. Mm-hmm. That I think he, you know, he, it just shows that he's got this really, um, you know, the strength about him. Um, but I just have loved that he is a winner and he has been winning since he was a kid. Uh, he's a national champion. I think the guy just, you you just know when guys, uh, they thrive, they thrive in high, high intense situations and he is uh, elusive. He has some outstanding footwork in and out of the pocket and he's, um, he's able to make all the throws. So I, I think he's just got a lot of going for him. And I think that he's, he's going to end up winning a few Super Bowls as well. You know, it's funny, around the time of the NFL draft when Deshaun Watson was drafted, and this, I think, really shows the difference between the media and what people in the NFL world believe, there were people in the media saying that Deshaun Kaiser was a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. And I was like, what are you talking about? And the NFL proved us totally right. I mean, Deshaun Kaiser went in the second round. Deshaun Watson was a top 10 pick. But it's so, inter- or maybe it's 12th overall. Either way, the point is this. Clearly, Deshaun Watson was a better quarterback in that situation. But I could not believe coming out of college, like how you could watch the film of Deshaun Kaiser and Deshaun Watson and look at Kaiser, throw the ball out of balance, miss people wide open, make horrible decisions, forcing throws into coverage, and then watch Deshaun dominate in college, making great throws, great decisions, winning games. Like how, how is this possible that anyone thinks Kaiser's better? I certainly do. I, I wasn't in, in that boat, I'll tell you that right now. I think Deshaun... <laughs> I look at Deshaun going into that that draft, knowing he's one of the best in that draft, and the guy is, the guy's got it, man. He's yeah. he's very intelligent, like you said. He knows. I mean, he'll break down defenses and press meetings and 
teach everybody how to play quarterback. And then yeah. he's just, he's an absolute freak with his, as a, his athleticism. And he's like, no, he's just not, he's, he's got that mama mentality, man. I'll just say it like those guys that just love being, um, you know, in those situations and he's got it, he's got it in between the ears. And Mahomes is the same way. Deshaun's the same way. Russell Wilson's the same way. Um, Brady was that way. I think it's funny because I, I, I love my dude uh, Peyton Manning as one of my all-time favorites, and he's obviously one of the most brilliant minds to ever play that game. But I, I feel that he got he there was a little bit of a a, a roadblock when he played certain games, mm-hmm. and I have a feeling that's what kept him from being a little bit more successful. With yeah, um, you know, obviously he had to go through New England every freaking year. But I, I feel like there was a you know there was there was years where Brady was in his head and I could feel it. I mean, I, I could be a hundred percent off, but that's my hunch. And I think that there's those things. Can you break, can you break guys that have your number? Can you, can you go through that sooner than later? Can you get the monkey off your back or is it years and years and years of trying to finally grind through it? And you're still an awesome quarterback and he'll be one of the greats of all time. But even guys like Peyton Manning, who are so smart can almost get, too deep in your uh, yeah. their own head and, yep. and it'd be a hindrance and not a, a positive. Yeah, I always wondered if he over-prepared a little bit or was too... You know, I think there's a there are some people where... And I, I think Peyton figured this out to the end of his career, but there are moments where some people, the world either slows down for them or they get their heartbeat goes faster, they really get stressed out and they get overwhelmed. And certain guys, Deshaun Watson, Brady, Mahomes, when Russell Wilson's like this, when things are going horribly and they're insane and you're losing and you need, you need a play... They're like, yeah, we got it. We're totally fine. And I think it's a – I don't know how you coach that. I don't know how you work on that. But there are certainly are moments where you're running late, you're you're behind, things are really looking bad, and you're like, well, hey, we're in traffic, but we're going to make it. Things are going to work out somehow, and they do. Um, but it's it's interesting how some people have a really heightened emotional response, and some people like Mahomes can just be so calm in that, the biggest moment of their career. I agree. I thought about that many times because I, I put myself in situations where – how did I feel when I was in big, big games? And mm. if I could be honest, I was probably more high, high paced, mind racing, a little bit more emotional. And mm. I think the guys, the, the the real, real, the gangsters of all gangsters are the guys that slow it down. And like you said, like, yeah, dude, this is fun. This is fun. Like I wasn't having fun when I had to come back. I was pissed. Mm. Like I feel like guys that are like down are like this. I can't wait for this to happen. I can't wait. And it's like, I, yeah, you can't teach that, man. It's just in your DNA. You know, it's funny. I look at my career as a, as a quarterback. Um, I worked with Trent Dilfer. I worked with a lot of guys. I, worked, I played catch with Sam Darnold at one point in my life. Um, and all through high school, I was so meticulous and overprepared. And it's really, I'm really, really sad about this, is that it wasn't until my senior year, we're in the playoffs, we were losing 21 to, uh, we were losing 24 to 3 at halftime to the team who just won state. And that was the moment where things, for the first time in my entire football career, I relaxed. I wasn't worried about throwing the ball five yards underneath and who's open this. I just started ripping it. And we came back. We won the game. I broke every passing record in my school that game. And then from then on, the next playoff game we played, I had another 500 yards passing in the game. And it, like, my, like, it's funny, the, the, if you look at like a flow chart of my stats right, and my, my production, all through high school, very mundane, 200 yards, like checking the ball down, that game at halftime – Bam, launching the ball deep, throwing perfect balls into tight coverage, back shoulder fades. Like something clicked for me, and I didn't figure it out until my final two games of my high school career. And I'm like, ah, oh, dang it. I played a little bit of college, but I wish I'd figured that out sooner, which is just 
let it go. Like the throws I regret are the ones I didn't make, not the ones that I missed. I never think about a throw I missed. I always think about I had Marcus Lord in one-on-one coverage. He's 6'5 on a 5'7 corner. I didn't throw the ball. Like, oh, I regret that the most. Right. Right, man. That's a great um, – that's just a great rule to live by in life. Mm. You know, take take your shot. Yeah. Um, just just the, the, the ability to not fear failure is yeah. one of the most important things human beings can ever learn in life because mm-hmm. we literally don't get a redo. So oh. it's it's very, very amazing uh, to me how how much fear and how quickly we can live in fear and insecurity when we, re- we really don't have anything – there's nothing left. You got to move. And if you fear, you're going to be an old person and be like, man, that was it. That's, that's, that's what I, that's how much I got out of it. And my, my biggest fear is having that happen to me mm. where I, I, I look back and I think, man, why did I worry so much? Why did I let this stop me from doing these things? Why, why was I so afraid of failing? And, um, and I still got to battle that every day. I mm. think that's something that we got to, you got to discipline your mind and your, and your heart and your soul to do that. Um, but, it, but it, that's why I love sports is that it can relate in so many ways. It's like, yeah, I should have made that thrill. I was, I should have pulled the trigger. What, what's the word? We were down by 30. Who cares? Like that's, I, w- I almost want to go through life that way. It's like, I'm down by 30. I've got nothing to lose. And that's, that'd be a good mentality to have. <laughs> Yeah, you know, my, my career is over, um, but I try to, I mean, that's what I love about sports in general, is there are so many things you can learn from the field, whether it's, you know, keep swinging in baseball or stay, res- I mean, I think quarterback is really the, I learned more playing quarterback than I ever did anything in the classroom, um, but I, I think you probably do this, I try to do this in my business, is learning the thing, using the things I learned as a quarterback, I may not be able to apply them anymore as a quarterback, but I can definitely apply them to my approach and preparation on the show or this or that, like, you know, I called you 15 minutes late today and I felt horrible about that. I never, I almost never missed that. And I was like, does that reflect poorly on me or whatever? But it's funny how you can take those little meticulous things and use them today as a, you know, you're doing throw to win. I'm doing strong opinion sports. How can you use those things? Do you talk about that? You work with a bunch of quarterbacks. Do you ever talk about the life lessons you can learn from these things? Do you ever do you ever talk about life lessons you can learn from the game when you're working with quarterbacks? Of course, of course. That's all I can give them. Yeah, I can give them. I mean, that's what I want to give them. I, yeah. I want, I want, I want to them to when they're adults and they have their own families. I want the first thing the guys that I've ever coached have been able to put a thumbprint on is, oh, he's not. Oh, he taught me how to throw this, you know, corner mm-hmm. route better. But like. This made me feel like I was capable of doing things uh, that I wasn't comfortable doing on my own. Or he he gave me the confidence to you know be willing to take chances or how to treat people. Like you know those are things that I want people to talk about when they think of me. And and I got to be able to do that. I got to do that with my own life. Like if I want if I want to put that thumbprint on my my players. I've got to walk that walk and talk that talk. And, you know, it's all a circle of life, man. Like I'm trying to find, I'm always looking for mentors mm. that I can learn from. And yeah, I, when I was 16 years old, my coach was my guy. Like I'll never forget coach Barton. That was my guy. And I, you know, he left so many, uh, imprints on my soul and my Greg Barton? and, uh, no, Dave Barton, Dave Barton. Got it. Got it. Dave Barton from, uh, from Fresno, California. Got it. Um, high school coach. So, 
Yeah, life lessons is, is but you can only give life lessons if you've had life lessons. So I'm, I'm still like, I, I'm giving them what I know, but I've got so many more lessons that I know. <laughs> Hopefully don't learn the hard, hard way, but yeah. like, I'm, ex- I'm excited to keep telling people about what I know just from experience, and that's, that's going to come from a genuine place. So absolutely. Well, that's what's huge, man. You know, you can watch, you can learn, you don't have to go through hard stuff to learn from people going through hard stuff. I mean, you can watch other people and learn from their mistakes. That's one of the best things. I think, you know, I think it was like smart people learn from their mistakes. Wise people learn from other people's mistakes. And uh, if you pay attention in life, man, you can learn so many things by just watching what other people do, um, especially the quarterback position, watching like the game evolves so quickly. If you watch film and pay attention, you go, oh, I'm not going to make those mistakes because he, that's what he did. I'm not going to make that. One of the biggest things that really, really fires me up about the quarterback position is when young quarterbacks don't see a blitz coming or they don't have a plan when a blitz comes in their face. I'm like, oh, please, please understand. Like, If they bring an extra guy in pressure, you have either a better matchup in man coverage or there's a weakness in the zone coverage downfield and quarterbacks panic and try to run away rather than staying calm in the pocket. And, you know, if they bring a blitz, you love that because you can stay in the pocket and throw. Um, and I, I really, that I don't know how I got here. I don't know why that suddenly triggered that line of thought. But that's something that really, really fires me up. Like, I just, I hate watching young quarterbacks who try to run away from blitzes when guys are wide open downfield. Oh, well, that, that keeps me up at night. So you and me both. <laughs> it's, man, it's all like, you, you just got to do it, you know. Yeah. I, I, if, if you can, if you can learn it, shoot, if you could learn it by the time you leave high school, you're ahead of the curve. Yeah. Cause I, I still see pros, you know, with happy feet. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, that's part of being, that's part of being a quarterback, man. Not only being cool under pressure, but understanding what's available when you're under pressure. Why are you getting an extra blitz? Who, who is coming from which side? What, what, what is it leading for an opportunity down? Like you said, which zones open? Are we in man? Do we have someone, do we have a spot in the middle of the field now because that strong safety rope? I mean, like there's a lot of things. So it's, it's comes down to preparation, but it also comes down to a, the ability to just stay calm in your head. Yeah. That's why I love Brady, man. Was I remember years ago when people, people stopped blitzing him because they realized it's a failing effort. We're little, he literally, we're playing right into his hand. He likes when we being pressured. Those a five year route underneath route to Wes Welker, and we look like idiots. And it just happened over and over again. <laughs> like, ah, oh, I love it, man. Who's your favorite yeah. quarterback? Who do you love to watch? God, well, we've been talking about him, but I, yeah. uh, I love, I love as far as like just overall. If I'm ever going to tell someone to copy one person, I only have one choice: Drew Brees. Mm. Awesome. Drew Brees, because he does everything textbook. He plays like he just got done doing a one-hour uh, quarterback session. Like <laughs> he probably did, honestly. So, he's so flawless with his footwork. He's so accurate. Mm. He's so intelligent, and he does things that normal people can can do if they work hard enough. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't do anything like the Lamar Jacksons or the Russell Wilsons. The guy can not. He's not a big-time runner. He works in the pocket as a six-foot quarterback, and. He, the way that he can find throwing lanes and the way that he stays underneath himself in that perfect base and his mechanics and his accuracy, he just knows when to put touch when it's supposed to be touched. He knows when to rifle it, when he has to rifle it. Like The guy is a beautiful specimen to watch as a quarterback. That's my favorite phrase anyone said about Drew Brees is everything he can do is accomplishable. It's something people can do if they do enough work and enough preparation. Oh, that's cool. 
And that's got to be inspiring for a young guy. I mean, one of my favorite guys you've ever worked with is Trent Butler, he, a, a smaller guy who's so technically sound. When I watch Trent Butler, I go, wow, this dude has great mechanics, great footwork. And he can look at Drew Brees and go, hey, it's all achievable if I do what he does. Yep, yep. Now Trent's got a lot of game that he's uh, that emulates Brees. And, yeah, it, he's got a really smooth stroke as well. It's great oh. feet. Yeah, we we can do that stuff. I can teach that stuff. I can't teach Aaron Rodgers throw off your back foot for a forty yard down the field back shoulder. I can't teach that. You know, like that's that's what freaks do. I can't teach a Pat Mahomes no look across your body for twenty five yards. I mean, we could work on it, but like those are things <laughs> that people have in their arsenal that just are unfair. Yeah, and and um, Breeze to me is. He just does everything so perfect. And Peyton was allowed, Peyton was so mechanically sound too. Peyton Manning's another guy. Like, watch Peyton's feet, watch where he's at with it. Like, everything is just textbook. And, mm. um, yeah, that, that would be my favorite guy probably to watch. And awesome. Rogers is a close second just because he's just a, he's an alien. He's, he's from another planet. So he's, he's incredible too. Why does Rodgers work? You know, to me, I think it's the way the ball comes out of his hand. He doesn't need, it doesn't need it to be at a certain angle because it's how it, he releases it out of his hand literally that puts the ball in the right spot. What do you think about all that? Well, Rodgers, Rodgers looks so different because he, he does something that no other quarterback does where he throws off his front foot and he pops off the ground. Mm. So he doesn't really plant off his back foot to throw. He transfers his weight into his front foot and you'll actually see that front foot pop off the ground when he throws. So everything kind of looks like a jump throw if you really look at his feet. Yeah. And he's, he's created this crazy um, formula where he gets power uh, from transferring his weight into that pop with his hand speed. And it all ties into like this fluid, beautiful motion that he can throw on and off platform across his body. I mean, he, he is just so gifted with his hands he's got the best hands i've ever seen mm. that's awesome and that's something you love you love quick hands you love speed um i mean oh yeah do you go right foot back or left foot back i'm a left foot back guy i i, I take it right out of breezes uh mm. page because to me pivoting off that foot eliminates any false steps and i hate false steps <laughs> that's one of my favorite things you share you know you're on instagram uh throw to win and I love watching your videos because I think they're honest. They really are helpful. I mean, it's funny how I just think there's a lot of certain things that are not, they're hard to argue with. They're like, that's just, I think, the right way to do it. Not right or left foot back. And then that's, um, a lot of that's preference. But there are some things you teach, and I'm like, that's just, everyone should do that. That's just phenomenal. How did you get into Instagram? How did you get into doing all that? Because I, I love what you share. Everything you share, I'm like, that's awesome. Dude, thank you, man. Thank you. I uh, sometimes I have people that disagree with that, but you know everyone's got their own opinions. That's what works for mm -hmm. me and my guys. Um, yeah. But I um, I got into it before. So this was I, I literally got into it right before the bang of the social media trainers, mm. and I was lucky because I'm like I've only been into like full time six years, and I'm like I feel like I'm considered an OG already <laughs> just because yeah. I've been, you know, and. It's it started back in 2014, thir late 13, 14, where I, mm. I started training one like teenager in in my park, my neighborhood park, mm -hmm. in, in Studio City, California, and my uh, one of my good friends, uh, Jordan Smith, 
he told me, you, you got to get on this Instagram thing. Like Instagram was about a year or two old. He goes, you got to do this. This is how kids get information. This is how parents get information. And I was like a Facebook guy. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't want to do, I don't want to get on. I don't want to do Twitter. It was still like, we were into it. Cause you're like, this is stupid. I don't have the time. I, and I learned to use it and I decided to, to, to do it. And I realized that I enjoyed it. And I was also good at, um, you know, content, content is what we, how we get information. I just, mm-hmm. I feel like I had, I had a, a, a good eye and a knack of putting good, good content, good reps, good information. I, I didn't feel like I was ever trying to force anything that I didn't believe in just to put it out there. Like I really wanted to believe, um, put what I believed in. And if you look down years of like my photos and videos, I've changed a lot with what I believe yeah. in. And I've put that up too. Like I've evolved. I don't, I don't teach the same way I taught when I first started. I've learned mm-hmm. so much. And I'm still learning. Um, but that's something when I do believe in what I'm teaching, I'm going to put it out there and I want my quarterbacks to, uh, you know, do, do something where they can be proud of it. And I put the, their polished reps on Instagram because I want them to not only feel confident and, and be able to market my guys in the right way, but I want them to realize like, that's the rep that you need to be living in mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. That's the rep that you should just be normal now. That's, that's not a, Oh yeah, good reps. Like, no, this is where I expect you to be. And, you know, it's just a good, you know, it's a good reminder for guys that, you know, ever hop on, you know, throw to wins Instagram and be like, that was, I did, that was a good rep. Why did I throw that? Can I study my throw? What did I do? Right. Like it's just a good manual to have, man. Yeah. I, I love that. You said that you have, have evolved. Um, that's something I get in trouble with this all the time. People get mad at me. They're like, you changed your opinion. I'm like, yeah, I got new information. I learned and my opinion has evolved and it's important to grow and important to change. It's funny when people say like you changed. Yes. Yes, I did. And hopefully you do too. Um, because the, the position in the, the world of football is even in the last five years, become an astronomically different field and the best people have to adapt and have to take in new information and learn and grow. Um, and it's really cool, man on Instagram to me, you are the godfather of quarterback Instagram videos. I mean, like they're, I think every other account I see is literally people trying to copy what you do because you are the best. Um, and I, I really love, you know, I think quality information, uh, being put up by you is why it works so well. Um, and I just, I love what you do. Are you there? appreciate it. No, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm soaking it all in and writing all the good things you're saying about me right now. <laughs> no, sorry. The, the, the phone went quiet. I lost my <laughs> static in the background. I was like, what happened? Did we lose him? Oh no. <laughs> no, no. You just compliment me too much. I'm just smiling. Dude. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, man. No, you're awesome. Um, you've been coaching. How long have you been coaching? How long are you doing quarterback coaching stuff? Uh, full-time six years. That's I did awesome. coaching for, um, um, some high schools out here. Mm. And then I got into full time and it's been, um, yeah, it's, it's my job. It's what I do. And yeah. I'm always, like I said, man, I'm just trying to, uh, trying to expand it into a way where I can reach more quarterbacks, just not locally. And that's why I started my online programs. And, yeah. uh, I'm really passionate about trying to reach. I mean, I just broke down a quarterback, uh, uh, a female quarterback from London today before we got on the phone. Mm. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, that's this awesome. is so fun. Like, yeah. I get to work with, I get to work with international quarterbacks. Doesn't matter gender; they want to be better at quarterbacks, and they reach out to me. And it's like, heck yeah, heck yeah, let's go. Well, you're a guy. I think that I I want to promote you because again, I see a lot of people on the internet trying to help quarterbacks, and I don't know. I don't. I think you're trying to make money working with quarterbacks, and that's not you. You are genuinely helping people, and you give people good advice. And it's like you know, I think I'm known pretty well on the internet for doing quarterback stuff, and in my head. 
if young quarterbacks want help, you're the guy. I mean, I really, truly believe that. And you're doing a thing recently called the quarterback manual. Can you talk about that and share what that is? Sure. Uh, the quarterback manual is something that I uh, put together two weeks ago, and it's a compilation of uh, my favorite coaching points and tips and drills of basically the upper and lower body mechanics. We are mm. diving in detailed um, to understand what we're trying to do with our arm, what we're trying to do with our legs, what we're trying to do with our ground, um, and and be as efficient as we possibly can. And it's something that I uh, I feel is so important to give to kids if they you know if it's something that for them they need and they you know we all need that feel to get better at mechanics. I think Brady goes to his coach every year just to keep mm-hmm. staying clean and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so for, for what I do, and I'm very passionate about throwing mechanics, uh, I, I, I'm really, I'm really pumped to have this as a, as a product to give guys. And, and it's, um, it's an hour long. It's going to be everything that you need to know as far as footwork, accuracy, how to throw a spiral, why it ha- why it spins, uh, where our feet are supposed to be, what a play action looks like, what a touch ball looks like, what a deep ball looks like, you know, just Everything that I can think of when it comes to just the throw and the origin of mechanics, uh, that's that's what we're trying to accomplish. That's that's the QB manual in a nutshell. I love him. And you didn't pay me, by the way. If anyone listening is skeptical, he didn't pay me. I'm saying things of my own volition. I really, truly love what you do and believe in it. Um, and I think it's a good product. I, I think everything you teach is phenomenal. Uh, and I stand by that. Yeah, man. No, you're, you're awesome, man. I, you know, I, it's so cool. I just can't get over, like, I'm talking to you, man. Like, I really... I think like a year ago I found your account and just have followed quietly going, this dude's awesome. I really am a fan of everything you do. And I've been watching for a long time and you really do a great job at helping quarterbacks and teaching good stuff. And uh, is there anything I'm not asking you? I mean, I'm trying to think like, I want to pick your brain of everything I can. I, I love your, I, I, honestly, if I can, I'd love to keep you as a resource. If we can talk later down the road after the draft or then maybe even during the year, I'd, be, I'd love to make this a continual thing because you are such a, wealth of knowledge in my opinion about the quarterback position and if if you're my analyst guy that'd be really fun I, I really think you you know your stuff and i love and value your opinion dude thank you and absolutely i thought a blast uh you talk you know what you're talking about and i would love to be uh anytime you want a guest or you need a guy to, to talk shop to count me in man awesome my man you got anything else anything you want to talk about well, I am. Uh, I, I still no. I, I'm. I'm actually. I'm about thirty minutes away from starting my work today, so this is actually perfect timing to just say thank you and let's get on the phone soon again, man. And, and uh, let me know how I can post this on my guys. Like, just send me over the information so I can yeah. shout you out. And um, you're doing a great job, dude. Like, you're well spoken. You are. Uh, you keep the pace and the conversation going. Like, keep it up, dude. I'm. I'm pretty. I'm pretty good at communicating myself. And I know when, when someone's got a gift of gab and, and you've done a great job, man. Thank you, my man. Hey, I'm rooting for you. Reach out anytime. Thank you so much and have a great day. Good luck with everything today and please stay safe out there. You too, Zach. I appreciate you, buddy. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Man, what a dude. I don't know. I'm going to end it here. I'm going to just keep it running. Sam Fisher is, um, I think, the the epitome of what it takes to be a quarterback coach. He gets it. I love everything he said. He talked about how he's adapted. He's changed over the years. He talks about how there's not necessarily a right way. You can't get so caught up in the minutiae. You got to worry about the little things. I mean, Sam Fisher is speaking my language. Everything he said to me, 
I just went, I mean, I, I love it. I really love the guy. I'm a fan of the guy. I love his approach. Uh, it sounds like we're going to get him on in the future again. Um, man, first of all, you know, coaches out there, Sam, thanks for li- uh, calling in. Thanks for doing that. And uh, I, if you are on Instagram, go follow Throw to Win. Uh, it's a great account. He does phenomenal stuff. And uh, he is the quarterback coach. If you are a high school quarterback, in my opinion, he's the guy to watch and follow and listen to. He does a phenomenal job. And, um, man, I, I just – he gets it. I, I am so – I talk to so many people about the quarterback position, and they throw out – you notice what he didn't talk about? Statistics. Did he talk about touchdown numbers or did he talk about completion percentage? He didn't because it's not that relevant to the quarterback position. The stats are less relevant, and it's more about what you do. Stats are a product of what you do, um, but it's the things you do that get to the numbers that I, I really love and care about. Sam, you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming on to Strong Opinion Sports. Uh, guys, hope you have a great day. Thank you so much. I want to end the show the way I always do, um, by talking about my younger brother. Uh, four years ago, my younger brother committed suicide, and it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. It was terrible. It was awful. And uh, I just want to encourage anybody out there, if you're struggling, especially at a time like this where people are literally quarantined in their house, if you're struggling, please go get help. Do not suffer in silence. Do not uh, don't be afraid to share what you're going through. Um, you know, talk to a teacher, a counselor, a parent, a professional. Talk to somebody in an authority figure. Go get help. And if you really do have nobody you can talk to, you can call the suicide hotline one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. If you have nobody to talk to, you can call the suicide hotline one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. You know, the other painful lesson I learned when my brother died was that. I regret all the moments where I didn't make it clear to him he could talk to me. You know, if you're out there and your friends are struggling, make sure they know. And either, even if they're, if, you know, if it's not clear that your friends are having a hard time, still reach out. Still say, hey, I love you. I care about you. If you're struggling, you can talk to me. You know, my younger brother and I, we played Halo together once a week. We worked together. We played high school football together. And we only talked about like four topics, sports, video games, girls, and movies. And that's it. And I really regret not having more in-depth conversations with my brother about the world. And so I really encourage you, if you're struggling, go get help and make sure the people in your life know how much you care about them. Guys, my name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much for tuning in. And uh, Sam Fisher from Throw to Win was awesome. He really was. Uh, what a dude. I, I really hope you go look at his stuff on Instagram. And uh, I hope you have a great day. But um bum bam, we are done.